Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, welcome back. Fred's Power Hour on a what? It's not a Friday. No, it's a Thursday afternoon. We were wondering last week if we were going to have to tape this on a Saturday. If we were going to have to change our routine a little bit because the Preds might sneak their way into the 2023 NHL postseason. But alas, they are not going to be in the 2023 NHL postseason. The Preds are done. The Preds season is it's over. Uh, this will be it this week. And that is all she wrote. But to talk about the Preds season and the Preds last week here and ultimately what happened down the stretch for for Nashville on the four checks Brian Baston Brian good afternoon sir how are you I'm good yeah it's it feels weird to be done with the with the season this early um but I think that's also a, a nice help because you know once the offseason comes you got to start reviewing players and Nashville uh played what roughly like 700 different <laughs> NHL players this year this season so that'll be fun That'll be awesome to get like that, you know, seven game sample on, th- you know, four guys. That's going to be great. Hey, but content, man, you know, it can get can get pretty slow here in the offseason. Oh, yes, very much so. So but at least you have a lot of that. The Preds gave you a lot of offseason content mm-hmm. for you guys. Oh, yeah. Over at On The Four Check, which I noticed on the forecheck.com now redirects to the new site, which is great. So go mm-hmm. check that out. If you have not already hit that bookmark button that's what i do with all of my favorite sites it's easy so when you just type in you're like on the forehead oh then it just comes up and it populates and you're right there to stay in the loop that's what you got to do jeff middleton also here of let me check my notes here everywhere on the internet jeff good afternoon sir how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well it's gorgeous outside up here in little oxford ohio so it's, it's it's super nice now that i don't have to walk outside and you know be attacked by the cold So I'm really enjoying it. It's been good for my mental health. I didn't know where Miami of Ohio was. I just assumed it was Miami, Ohio. I did Mm -hmm. not realize that it was Oxford. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Okay. Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Well, at least it's easy to remember. And at least it all makes sense when you want to, when you want to go down that road. So then where's the Miami come from? Uh, It is the, so there's an Indian tribe that lived Mm -hmm. here and they are like, I think the, it's M-Y-A-A-M-I-A or something like that, like the miami And so oh, that's man. kind of, that's I think that's where that originated cool. from. Interesting. Yeah, and they do a lot to kind of pay tribute to that tribe, especially with all of the, you know, movement in the direction of we need to acknowledge that this is not our land type stuff um, in the last, you know, five, ten years or whatever. Um, I know the the hockey team specifically has jerseys, that are um, kind of dedicated to that. Like they're super cool. They're white with like um, uh, Miami and kind of a cursive on the front with like pinstripes, and they have wow. the Indi- the the logo from the kind of like the the Indian heritage logo or something like that, or the Native American heritage logo on like the back collar. It's pretty cool. I want to buy hmm. one. It's super sweet. There you go. Yeah. Well, Brian's the man you want to talk to when you're talking about buying jerseys, buying jerseys. Brian is ready. He knows all about them. Yeah, something like that. I'm not even the tip of the iceberg compared to most people. But I love the hat. You get the good hat game. I like the blue. I like the pride. Nashville Predators pride hat. It looks Mm -hmm. good. Uh, I like that one. That's a clean one. 
yeah it's I, it's I keep going back and being like I don't need anything else when I'm at mm. the games and then I see like a hat like this and I'm just like ah I can't not have that so my wife has the Chattanooga Lookouts version of it oh um, yeah which is pretty shout pretty out to much. the Chattanooga Lookout Lookouts did you see what happened in well, their we're game we're not talk about that because there was a certain Tennessee volunteer uh flamethrower who was responsible for that debacle and <laughs> that do you know what happened Brian absolutely not the, the Chattanooga uh, lookouts lost they, or they won got, a game. they got yeah they got no hit and they yes. won the game seven, seven to, five. to five just walks walks, walks hit, by pitches, hit by pitches errors all yeah. kinds of stuff uh, consecutively it was who's the pitcher ben joyce oh really yeah. <laughs> wow it's very that... it was very upsetting people were sending it to me let me just go ahead and tell you uh my group chat was full of uh non-tennessee folks uh checking in on me of like hey i thought this was the 105 mile per hour flamethrower who should be in the major league baseball what's what's happening but another great name because minor league baseball teams have some awesome names mm-hmm. um rocket city trash pandas was the team that uh ben joyce plays for that did uh, lose to the lookouts but lookouts is a king is just the uh one of my favorite all-time um sports logos with just the the eye emoji basically and the i'm a big uh i'm a big montgomery biscuits fan those are good and and the uh the the richmond flying squirrels Mm -hmm. those are those are two great logos as well the milwaukee admirals is a good one too Uh, brian you had that uh hat on last week i like that one too it's it's clean i like it yeah they're old jerseys they're the thirds their throwback ones are awesome and i've been wanting to get one of those but they're very expensive Mm. well you know when's your birthday uh, February. So okay, well, I was going to say uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas might be more, uh, more. Yeah, well, actually, Brian, you are a father. Father's yeah. Day this summer. Yeah, yeah. But do I want to do want to use use that on on something like that? That's or true. Do, am I at that at that age where I just want like two hundred dollar gift card to Home Depot? But you can yeah, right. I think it's so a win win to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Man, my birthday is uh, on the 18th, and I'm going back home to Atlanta this weekend to see some family and friends. And uh, it, <laughs> my mom like wanted to know what I wanted, and like reached out to my wife, and it was just like one of those weird things where I was like, I don't really, I'm, I turned 32. Like, what shut am up, I supposed to shut say, up, dude? Dude, you're supposed to tell, like, like, can you, are you making a Costco run? And if she says yes, then like, you know, you can just tell her a few things. If not, and she says, well, I could, be like, can I come with you? Then you're, then you're set. That's true. I miss Costco. Yeah. I used to go to Costco all the time. That is a, the Costco hot dog and the Costco dollar slice was just one of my go-to lunches when I worked in the city and it was in an office setting. Oh my goodness. The amount of times that I walked over, never had a membership, but went right into the other aisle to get in there and get that. Cause it's just, Costco is worth the membership if you have a, a family, but a single dude in your mid twenties, you don't need to buy bulk of all this stuff. yeah it goes the, the the line though from when it goes to being like i don't need this much of any of this stuff to mm. oh god we have to go because we need to keep we need to have as much of this on hand as possible you know? true and that was the pandemic where i was waking up at six o'clock in the morning to try and beat the kroger rush to get uh paper towels and toilet paper mm. i was telling my wife about that the other night when we were walking walking Khaleesi the dog and it was like that what a weird time that I remember just being co- really concerned <laughs> that we were not gonna have toilet paper in this house uh back in Atlanta but that was three years ago it's crazy that I mean yeah that, that's crazy it really like, is like a month ago it's like a month ago three years ago we were 
just starting quarantine. And yep. around this time, three years ago, I was telling folks, I'm like, I'm not sure if sports ever comes back. Like, that was something I just said. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how we move past this because if we ever get to the point, like, man, not to relitigate COVID and the pandemic, but uh, that starting was us off weird... on a strong note. <laughs> I know. Uh, Do you guys remember when sports weren't here? That was mm. fun. That was a fun time. Well, speaking of sports not being here, the National Predators are not going to be here. Smooth <laughs> <laughs> transition. Professional transition yeah. in the biz, folks. And you've done over a thousand podcasts. They come naturally. Not bad. Uh, predators fall flat in Winnipeg. It's over. The race is over. Jeff, when you look at this performance over the last week and what happened at Winnipeg, what surprised you? Was it just about how you thought it was going to end here? What stood out to you over the last week, and especially at Winnipeg? Uh, yeah, I mean, I said that they wouldn't make the playoffs, so I was right about one thing. I think their their performance at Winnipeg was was not very good. It was another game. I think UC Soros had to uh, you know kind of bail them out. Same thing with Calgary. To be honest with you, they were not very good in Calgary for at least half the game. Especially in the back end of that third period, man, they just didn't have the puck. Calgary was all over them, and mm-hmm. you know both both goalies played spectacular in that game. I think they both had over two goals saved above expected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you know they 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 played the same way against those two teams as they have all season, and they you know the defense was was not great against Winnipeg. I think they gave up over four expected goals compared to like two. 2.8 something like that and uh, you know a lot of the same guys kind of contributing you know evangelista sherwood novak line consistently good novak the hero in the shootout in uh, calgary uh, i think i mean winnipeg winnipeg has also figured out I, th- I think they they've gotten things back into gear since you know rick bonus has been kind of shifting the lines around and he, you know, he's, he's, you know, Mark Shifley scored his 40th goal of the year, which Mark Shifley's still doing that, you know, even though some mm-hmm. may consider him under the radar, he's still score He's still putting up numbers. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the jets are a good team and, and when Connor Hellbuck is on his game, I mean, he's, you know, top two, top three goalie in the league. So it's, you know, if you can't score and then your defense is also bad, I mean, it's, it's not going to end well for you, but yeah, I think, you know, it wasn't anything different than what we've seen all year. It was just, you know, UC Saros was uh, really good in Calgary, like really, really good in Calgary. And, and Jacob Markstrom, frankly, helped them with that that first goal. Um, you know, he basically passed the puck in front to, to Igor, who, congrats to him, scored his first NHL goal. Super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, nothing different than what I've been, what we've been seeing for the, uh, pretty much the, the entire year. Um but I mean, hey, they put up a fight in Calgary, and that was that was a a tense game to say the least. Find you somebody that smiles the way Brian smiles when the name Igor comes up on a podcast. It's my boy. Shout out to the Ego group chat, man. Right. We've been, we've been we've been with Igor since he got drafted, and it's so it's so awesome to to see him play do Xbox this. with him. <laughs> yeah, I played a I played a Warzone with him over quarantine a couple times, so. He's he's so he's such a nice guy. It's, he's a man of the so people. Fun. He is really, but yeah, no, he's it's, it's so fun to see him play at this level because he's been good in his role and and he's 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 he was close a few times to scoring and so it felt only right that he uh, he scored before the end of the season. Yep. 
There you go. Brian, yes, what sir. is your post-mortem here on the Preds over the last week? Uh, yeah, I mean, so like, yeah, the Winnipeg game, it was, you know, Nashville has, they, they rely on a lot of like, especially now they kind of have pushed more back towards like a more um, transition game, which has been kind of nice to watch, uh, even if it hasn't been very successful. Mm. Uh, but it, it does, you know, you start to see games like the Carolina game where Nashville kind of pushed Carolina into playing, you know, high event, low danger hockey where Carolina was just firing everything. You no, know, it's like about a third of the shots were aimed directly at, you know, predator legs and skates because they all, I mean, they, they had like 20 something plus blocked in that game. Um, and so they, they kind of push, uh, you know, push Carolina to do that. And they can't do that against a lot of teams. Um, you know, they have to have solid goaltending from the jump and usually a lead helps, but you know, it's just, it was, a, it, it was an indication that like there is bright spots in the team. I mean, this team did beat Vegas and Carolina and both teams had things to play for, but uh, you know, and they did beat Calgary credit to them on that, but you know, they wouldn't be able to keep up, I think, you know, against a consistently, you know, a playoff team in a series in a four, you know, seven game series. I don't know that Nashville would be able to keep up with that, especially just not having, you know, the veteran presence for it. And, you know, just, it's still kind of a work in progress, you know, still the most successful line is the one that it, you know, has spent a ton of time together in, in Evangelista and Novak and Sherwood they spent a ton a ton of time together in milwaukee um so i mean that that'll change but you know it's it's you know what you have is nashville was about expected to get back to this level before injuries and everything else happened and they didn't and that's i think that's probably for the best just for the fact that you know the draft position is not going to change wouldn't have changed too much too badly but um you know it was time they got to, to get meaningful games. These, the young guys got to play in a playoff like situation, you know, trying to make sure they win games to kind of get in down at the wire. Um, you know, 80, they had 80 meaningful games this season. So that's, that's impressive. I'll give them the, I'll give them that. And I think that there's, there's a, you know, the fact that they've got these guys up and being able to perform decently is, is pretty cool to watch, even if it didn't turn out in a playoff run. Jeff, when you look at these last two home games, what do you think the strategy and the thinking is going to be from the Preds? And what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like for the fans uh, who who attend and what they'll they'll be like? Well, I mean, we've seen, you know, as these guys have come up and as more players have gotten injured, we've seen fans be more accepting of the idea that there's no bad outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where these last two games sit with me. I think I think most fans at this point would prefer that the team loses. Like if this if they're going if there's a time for that, it's now because they I think they'll be picking as high as 13 if they lose both these two games and things in the Eastern Conference go well enough um, in their favor, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you go into Bridgestone Arena, and I don't think anything changes from a from a player perspective. As these guys, you know, they're not calling up any any guys as they would be if nobody was hurt, um, you know. But it's it's important that these guys get games against good teams, and Minnesota and Colorado are great teams. And these last two games, even though they might not mean anything in terms of playoff implications it's going to be just you know more 
experience for these guys, you know, experience that isn't going to mean a ton, but when, you know, watching a team like Colorado is different than playing a team like Colorado because you're going to get, you know, you see them do these things. And then when you have to figure out how to defend them in an actual game, that's happening with you on the ice, it's, it's, it's a different kind of beast. So, you know, I don't, I don't think there's much to change on that kind of perspective. I think they're just, they're going to do the same thing that they have been for the last, you know, few weeks is, you know, plug somebody in and keep moving forward, you know, um, give give young, give these young guys more opportunity against teams that are going to be really really good and and good for good when these guys are full-time NHLers um yeah i think i think fans can you know go in with the idea that you know as much as you know you don't want your team to lose they can go in with the uh the relief that they they won't have to watch the preds play the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights in a in a playoff series, and they can just you know watch, you know watch them play them in the regular season, and then kind of move on after that. Because because for me personally, this this season has been pretty exhausting. I don't know about you, Brian, but it, <laughs> Brian, but it, it's been it's been a lot. Like it's you know, David Poyle's leaving. Everybody's talking about firing John Hines, which they should do. You know, the uh, new guy guys are getting hurt, guys are being traded, guys are you know coming up and and they're playing well, but it's just and you know they keep sticking around, and you know that when they get in the playoffs, it's very very unlikely that they're going to do anything in the playoffs, and you know and all these first round exits kind of build up, and it, it just gets kind of old. So, at least for me personally, it's nice you know that I can watch these last two games and just be like, all right. You know, they're not getting in the playoffs. That narrative is done. Let's let's look forward. Let's let's, you know, look at the results of these two games and and kind of take from those take take from them what we've been trying we've been taking from the other games while also focusing on even more of the future. Brian, do you see some weird lineups, some weird lines uh, over the next two home games? Do we get more playing time for certain guys because there is this final opportunity to just see what you have in somebody? Is there someone you would love to see get a lot more run that hasn't uh, to this point? How experimental do you think it's going to be the last two? I think it probably won't be too experimental just for the fact that they are probably trying to get uh, last looks at some guys, and so they're probably not going to want to move them around. So like that way, um, so you got guys like uh, you know, Cody Glass is uh, is an upcoming free agent. So I mean, uh, they're going to continue to put him where he's been. Um, but like not, you know, he's kind of a, a no brainer that for them to resign in the off season. We'll talk more about that. But you know, I'd want to see Kiefer Sherwood some more. He's another uh free agent. You know, you're going to want to look at these guys like Luke Evangelista or um spencer stastny i'd say yeah yep um so like guys like that who have not had a ton of the nhl time they're kind of either they've been called up and down or you know kind of intermittently been on the ice for the predators they're probably going to get a good look at those guys while and then you know here in what two days right uh they'll send they'll send the handful of guys that are still eligible back down the hl for get them going because they don't want to call anybody up i don't think at this point just because milwaukee's in a tenuous you know they're 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 fighting for playoff position they're already in um and they've already been so depleted i mean again you look think of nashville had a bad just look at what milwaukee dealt with so um it's right are you gonna be grinding this milwaukee playoff tape is that what's happening here of course i love oh, yeah. that 
there it was fun go. last year doing it too. Get really getting getting in there and watching it and getting to talk to got some people up there. It's 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 fun. I highly recommend it. Are you going to go up for a playoff game? Uh, probably not unless okay. unless it gets there's one that's like that happen. You know, it'll happen closer. But I think mm. like they're going to play like Manitoba. I think in the second round. I think if things hold so. Uh, don't think it's right across the border it's just an easy easy oh yeah i've been there it's just a you know just like a cool like 25 hour drive (laughs) here but uh no i mean no sweat i don't think i think that you're not going to see too much because i think everybody knows you know what's going on they might just throw some line like you know they might put glass up or something uh you know with some other guys see how he works with evangelista or something like that should they rest uc uh no, because they all, they were there also in full on UC Saros for Vesna mode, and so well, everyone to should be. Jeff's point for seeding or for just <laughs> the draft, like UC is probably your biggest uh biggest re- reason as to why they might not uh, go zero and two over the next two games. UC is the biggest reason we're not we're not waiting for for June to watch a bunch of balls yeah uh, get announced. So, but I mean it's it's. I don't know. I say that they put them, they put Soros in net tonight against Minnesota. I think he's earned not having to start against Colorado. Mm. Um, I think that you do that for him and you allow him to kind of show off some against like, you know, against Minnesota and you want to beat Minnesota. Colorado is just whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, it, you want to get him out there that, you know, they know Ryan Hartman um, for, for the wild tonight. Cause he got suspended for a game, which, Eh, I love Ryan Hartman. So, oh, well. He's so awesome. He's, He's so, so dope. awesome. I, I will still, I will always, and now that I have the opportunity to talk about it, I will never stop talking about the my report card for him after Na- his season with Nashville. And I was like, this is what this guy can bring to the team when he has had, you know, favorable line combinations. He has done excellent, but Laviolette buried him on the fourth line. And I wonder why you couldn't get, you know, numbers out of him with Matthew Olivier. Uh, and then he went on to do with Minnesota and where else was he? Was it? Well, he was in Philly, but he didn't do much. Yeah. There. He wasn't there for very long, but he went, he but went on he... to do everything I said he would in, in Minnesota, you know? So I'm not bitter about it at all. That was one of those, man. I was so like, I had, I watched so much film for that one. I was just like, Oh man, this guy's so much fun to watch. Like I really need to make sure I, I watch him, you know, more next season took him away. Well, um, that's the current state of things for the Preds. That is where that's the, everything stands. I don't know. Are y'all going to go? Well, I guess Jeff's gone, so Jeff will not be there for those final two. Brian, are you planning to cover in person those final two games? I believe one of them, yes. We're going to see which one. Off season, though, right mm-hmm. around the corner. Um, Brian, when you look at how they should look, we talked about the pending free agents for the Preds. But in mm. terms of non-preds that they should be looking at that makes sense both financially and just schematically, I guess it will depend on what happens with John Hines to know who might be more of a fit um, for uh, the preds going in next year. So I think they need to settle who's coaching sooner yeah. rather than later once the season ends. But when you look at that and also throw in based on what you know about Barry Trotz as a coach and what he prefers who are some names to watch here and who who do you have your eye on for for Nashville? Uh, from other teams or from for other teams, yeah. Oh gosh. Um to be honest, you know, I think the type of guys, whether it's Hines or Trotz or anybody, they're not going to go out. You know, like I think I think 
what their targets should have <laughs> I don't really want to say this again, but I have to. Like their targets should be players like Ellie Tolvanen. Mm. These guys that are third, fourth year pros. Um, they have a high ceiling, but there's things aren't working out where they're at. Um, you know, that would have been, you know, great for oh gosh, I'm trying to think of who um who was it that Carolina j- just signed? Um from was it Edmonton? Yes, he pulled your the guy they Yeah. Like yeah. that's the type of player that I think yeah, Nashville. For. Yeah, like that's that's yeah. that's the one that that Nashville should be. Those kind of players are the ones that she's looking for. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have you know, will they sign Borvietsky again? I mean, I know that everybody loves him, uh, but will they do it? Even though he played what two games this season, one game this season. Yeah, yeah I think um, so too. I mean, like guys like him. So I mean, like you're gonna see a couple of those. Like the the whole Nashville's looking at Wayne Simmons thing will come up again, uh, as it usually does. But you're going to see, I think, a lot of just like, you know, I don't I don't see them reaching out and getting a, a big name in free agency. I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, who are some of the ones that. There's just not a ton. Like, I don't think not to barge in, but I don't I don't yeah. think there's any any here that really kind of catch my eye as like, that's a Barry Trotz kind of dude. Unless he wanted to use, uh, like, you know, like he could be super, super crazy and offer sheet somebody, but I doubt that's going to happen. That would um, be fun, though. That, oh, that'd be great. I'd love that. I would, I would be down for that. But yeah, I don't see anybody on this list that's like super Barry Trotz ish kind of. I mean, Jason Zucker might be one. Yeah, like, that's I, a, I mean, that's a name. I mean, you get Patrick Horquist. Yeah. Yeah, James Van Leeuwen's like I'm just picking out all the names that I've been here I hear every offseason. And they're older too. <laughs> yeah, go get you know, or or they could go swing for the fences and go get uh, Patrice Bergeron, right? Yeah. Eunice Donskoy. Like there's I mean, there's some, but they're not like they're not Ellie Tolvin. Like not third or fourth year guys that could be a contributor down the line. They're just older, kind of veteran players. Um, Jeff, yeah. who do you think based on what you know about trots and what you've seen down the stretch here, who do you think is on the chopping block for, for this team going into next year? Who would you be pretty, pretty surprised to see back based on what you know about trots and um, John Hines to this point? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, you know, a guy like Rasmus Asplund's really staying around. For much longer, I mean, I think I think he's been fine. He's he's, he's done his job. I mean, what a, what a move that would be, though. That like the guy that they touted as David Poyle's like last trade, and they just cut him right after the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's sorry, I don't mean to laugh so hard. It just would be a very ironic NHL thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they have they have you know they re-signed Novak, they re-signed Cole Smith and Mark Jankowski. Um, I don't think he for sure was going anywhere. Um, Michael McCarron might be gone. Like I could, I could see that. Um, Cody glass isn't going anywhere. I, I just don't know if, if there's, you know, much, you know, I think they, I think they think Cal foot's going to be a guy that will be, you know, impactful at some level. I don't necessarily agree with that, but the media, that, fist- the media that killed the dinosaurs was also impactful. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't believe that, and I, I think a lot of people surrounding the Predators on in the <laughs> – really got you, Chase, huh? <laughs> 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 uh, 
I like that. I'm just going to use that for something yeah. else. It's, it's, it's like I'm going to use that. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see any. You know, I think they think Calfoot's a younger guy who's physical. He's big. He's right-handed. Uh, you know, he's 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 not very good in my opinion. But they <laughs> they like him, I think. So, you know, I don't know if I don't know if there's a guy I'd point to that's like, you know, this guy is is definitely gone. Um, I don't think Borvieski comes back. Honestly, he's been on IR all year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I had to pick one guy, it would. I, I see, even Michael McCarron, I want to say him, but it's it's like he's such a like vibes kind of locker room guy that I don't know if they'd let him go. Like he's yeah. not. He, I don't know. It's a weird one. Brian, if someone comes calling Barry about Yossi or Forsberg, do you think he listens this offseason? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that's going to be, I, I don't think it'll be too much of a, you know, they just got, they b- worked, you know, they worked to get both these guys locked up on deals, long-term deals. Um, you know, Forsberg, you know, eh, eh, there was a, it, it was a concussion. Like I, I don't have that official, but like it was concussion symptoms, just like it was with Yossi, I'm sure. And so there was not that rush. That's why they never called him, you know, anything more than day to day or whatever it was. Didn't put him on IR because, you know, just in case these games got a little bit more serious, maybe he could come back in. But, you know, I think it might have been okay, like that he missed these games just for the fact that, you know, didn't risk any unnecessary like further injuries. Um, But these are guys that you're going to want, like you're going to build around Philip Forsberg, you're going to want a Luke Evangelista and, and, and Phil Tomasino getting getting time with a guy like Forsberg, you know, and so that and then between just what the defensive core looks like now. Um, I mean, come on, if you, you if I'd have said this, those six names that started against Calgary for the defense to you before the season started, you thought I was, you know, smoking something. And uh, it's, you know, you and you've got Fabro and McDonough and, you know, like those guys are your top two. And you're like, oh, OK, then, you know, credit to Fabro. He's been I think this has been an excellent. He's like, been good. Of, yeah, it's been a He's good been year. Good. For I love it. Yeah, and I think that's I think you're starting to hear about him less and like that's when you know the general fan base is like if they're not paying attention or complaining about a defenseman, they're probably doing okay because you know the best defensemen are the one the best defensemen are the ones you don't really notice or a bunch during the game because you're not watching them go, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." So I don't think those guys would be gone. Um I was looking up to see how much it would cost to buy out Jeremy Lazan, but um yeah, they could do that for you know, six hundred and little under seven hundred thousand dollars a year for the next. <laughs> six I do years. that. Yeah, I, I do, do that. It. I like Spencer Stastny better than Jeremy Lazo. Yeah, I still can't believe they got the four-year deal, two million. But second um, round draft pick, baby. Yeah, so Cal Foot will probably stay around too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, they won't. I don't think. I think Ekholm was their big piece, their move. I think they've got their cornerstones in each of the three position groups: Forsberg, Duchesne, uh you know, those guys will stay in the four group, obviously Yossi and Fabro's probably not going to go anywhere right this minute. And then you've got UC, which I, I still don't think that they're going to, they're going to want to part with yet. So um, you can, it would be curious. It will be curious to see what happens with Ryan Johansson. Um, I think, you know, he never got moved, but then again, they moved Tanner Janot for all that. So 
maybe maybe it's just a matter of the the willingness of them of the team to do it or not so i don't know that'll probably be the only interesting case i think that maybe we can keep an eye on that we're not thinking about now just because he seems to always be in that state but i thought he was having a pretty decent year too that's fascinating i i wonder too jeff does this if they like if what brian laid out there is how things unfold. And those guys are the cornerstones. They're all locked up. You keep UC around for a couple of years. Does that signal to you that Barry Trotz and this new administration sees this as a skinny rebuild and a skinny retool more so than a full-on rebuild? Or do you think you can still rebuild and you could still be bad enough to get the kind of high picks and the kind of players to kind of flip the script here over the next couple of years? Because we were talking we thought the full on teardown was coming at the, at the deadline where it was like, okay, they're going to bottom out. It is going to get ugly over the next couple of years. But we saw this team fought really hard. You have Tommy Novak coming on. You have some other young guys in the pipeline. Milwaukee's playing what we talked about them, that maybe it's not going to be as arduous of a path back to where they were even a season ago. I don't know. Does that scare you a bit about how the Preds are going to, navigate this this situation and would it signal a skinny rebuild or or retool or a rebuild for you well i mean i've had this conversation with so many people i I think there's there's so many different things you know i don't don't think with a goalie like uc saros i don't think you're ever going to be bad enough to have those lower level draft picks now whether or not that's a good strategy is one thing that i am very willing to debate because i think the predators will not be as good as the Colorado Avalanche if they don't pick super high, but that's, you know, that's, that's a debate for another time. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I, I don't think they're, I don't think, you know, David Boyle is, is terrified of the word rebuild. And, you know, I don't think the guy who's following him is, is going to be very keen on it either. So Barry, I think Barry Trotz is, is coming in with confidence after watching this past you know month or two that it's you know it's ahead of schedule i would say i don't think this team is going to be very good next year um which i think a lot of people are okay with at this point i mean we've seen these young guys come up and they've played very well and that's super exciting the good news is that the predators over these last few years even when they haven't been good enough or bad enough to get a high pick they have drafted well and that's where, you know, I think the difference is, is like they, they, they're not yeah. the sharks. They're not the sharks. The sharks were really good for a while mm-hmm. and they didn't have a good prospect pool and they still don't. They, <laughs> they are, they are awful and they don't have a good prospect pool. Whereas the Preds are kind of in the middle, below average, but not bad enough to be like, this team is they're not Chicago or, or Columbus or San Jose or, you know, they, and they, they're in the middle, but the way that they've drafted, they have assembled a pool that many people who are much smarter than I am with prospects considered top 10 in the NHL. And that's huge for where they are right now. And I think, you know, as much as some people like me think that a full rebuild is probably for the best, I'm not afraid of the team being where they are. Because they have these guys that they have assembled later in the first round that are contributing to the prospect pool being better than where other teams in their situation are 
Like I don't like their prospect pool in Calgary is not as good as the prospect pool in Nashville, and they're kind of in the same area code. So I think I think it is a it's it's not going to be as as awful as as people you know think it think it might be. I think you know with every rebuild or retool or whatever comes time, and there's always a chance that it goes wrong. But I don't think that's a reason to not do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think the Predators have, I think David Poyle, to his credit, even though he has kind of messed up a lot recently, he and his staff have done an excellent job of drafting in the positions that they've been given. And we are here now because of that. And we are seeing these guys fight tooth and nail every night because of the kind of work that they've done. So, yeah, I mean, skinny rebuild, call it what it is, but, you know, it's, it, it's hopefully not going to take as long as, as some people might think it will. The, the real issue that I have with it that I'm not going to go too deep into is, is this team and this prospect pool is great, but the next step is getting a coach and guys behind the bench who are going to optimize it in the best way. Hmm. Like me personally, I did not want to see the National Predators in the playoffs, not because I thought that picking higher would be better for them in the long term, but also because as much as experience in the playoffs is fine, experience in the playoffs under a John Hines system is not something that I think would be great for these young guys. <laughs> so, point. Like... yeah. So, you know, I, we heard every time I tune into the broadcast, it's like, you know, this, this, we want them to make the playoffs because these young guys will benefit from it. And as much as, you know, walking into T-Mobile arena with, you know, 18,000 people cheering and booing you and, and, and you're feeling that playoff environment. John Hines's system is not built for the playoffs. And I will stand by that. And we saw it this year. The defense has been awful. The, the transition has been mostly terrible. The offensive zone play is kind of helter skelter or whatever. Like it, it's everywhere and experience is good, but you know, if the if the experience they have to fall on is John Hines led experience, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Hmm. That's fair. Brian, as we wrap up this edition of Preds Power Hour, the mm -hmm. Milwaukee Admirals with the playoff chase happening, them playing playoff hockey that you will be covering. What are you looking at? What are what should fans, uh, especially Preds fans, like make the case for them to to flip the script when the Nashville season uh, concludes and to kind of get to know some of the guys who might uh, become future uh, important guys for uh, the NHL team? So what uh, what can folks look out from them uh, down the stretch here and who should they keep an eye on? Well, if you're looking to get in, start get into watching the Milwaukee Admirals, there has never been an easier time for you to do so in recent history. Um, you'll see, I believe there are uh, six players from the Predators currently right now that can go back down to Milwaukee. So if you want to keep watching guys like Luke Evangelista, Mark Jankowski, John Leonard, Phil Tomasino, Zach Sanford, Kiefer Sherwood, all players that people have really grown to like. Those guys will all be heading back to uh, to Milwaukee. I mean, that's sick. That's a third of of a of a hockey team like roster right there, going back. Um, if you don't think you know, so you're going to know some of these guys, and you're going to know a lot of the other guys that are in there because um, we've seen them in, in in Nashville. You know, you might get to get a good look at Devin Cooley for the first time, but 
you get Yaroslav Askarov, which is always a good time. Uh, you know, the, the playoff situation isn't as dire as it was for Nashville. Uh, obviously, the Admirals are in the playoffs. Um, they're currently sitting in second place, two points behind uh, uh, behind Texas. And they have to win out and then have um, have Texas lose a couple games. So, yeah, the chances aren't super high, but, you know, it's 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 they're big games for them. They're, com- they're coming up this week. So you'll get to kind of smoothly transition into watching more Nashville style hockey um, and then the playoffs start. So, you know, I think this is a this is an excellent team. This has been an excellent coaching job by Carl Taylor to deal with every the roster turnover. Um, a lot of these guys have been raw. You get to get another look at, uh, you know, Joachim Kamel, uh, who has 11 points in 12 AHL games so far, which is pretty nuts. Um, so, you know, there's a lot. And and this has been a good year f- to watch it because you've seen so many of these guys. You know, you're going to actually recognize some of these names. Now, you're going to recognize all the ATOs that are on the team. Um, like Anthony Angelo, I was like, oh, I completely forgot that he was somebody. Uh, I think he was an ATO signing. So like, you know, there's, there's those guys that are there, but you know, you're going to see guys who they're going to also be fighting to stay in the, you know, because all, there's all those players coming back down and, you know, the roster probably won't be as depleted next season. There are guys that probably are fighting to stay in the AHL. Um, you know, the, the guys like Marcus Nurmi, he's a, he's a, uh, free agent uh he's been fantastic you know to as a role player in in milwaukee he he ragdolled the dude was it last night i think um just i mean got like three good punches in him and just just tossed him aside like he was nothing so i mean there's that um but it's also just fun it's just super fun uh ahl you know i get frustrated i know everybody gets frustrated with trying to watch games watching nhl games AHL TV is the easiest thing in the world and you just watch whatever game you want and it works and there's no problems. You get to hear the radio broadcast. You can watch either. You can select either one, get your subscription. They usually run deals right now uh, to get playoff access for like a couple bucks or something. So it's great, but admirals, they're going to do it. You know, they were having a historic season when the COVID pandemic hit. And so they just canceled the rest of the season and they should have won the Calder cup that year. You know, the year they came back in COVID, half the, you know, half the Admirals were playing with Chicago. Um, and then last year was just kind of unfortunate. So this is the one, you know, you're going to get these guys. You're going to get big NHL players like Luke Evangelista and Merrick Jankowski and Philip Tomasino. I mean, I'd be curious to see. Actually, that's a good idea. I'm going to remember this, but I'm going to say it so I can be held accountable. I'm going to look and see how many AHL like rosters when the playoffs start, like how many NHL games from this season these, these guys have to have because I can't. I mean, it has to be Nashville as like the top three. It's got to be, especially with guys like uh, Philip Tomasino. So, uh, but yeah, it's fun. Get in there, watch it. These are the guys that you're going to see and hear about all off season, and probably a lot of good, a good amount of last year. And you know, then if, if something happens like it did this year, then you're going to be prepared next year too. So let's just hope it didn't doesn't happen that way. There you go. Brian, as we wrap up here with uh, you and Jeff here on the Preds Prior Hour, uh, subscribe, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast, like and subscribe, all the good stuff. You can watch this very program there. Uh, follow Brian, Brian Baston on Twitter. Go subscribe uh, on thefortrack.com. Read Jeff over at Flames Nation, Pinstripe Alley. Um, just cranking out the work uh, on both accounts. So uh, good job by both of you and the teams over there. But uh, what do you want to plug to make sure the good folks uh, know what's coming down the pike here on on the four check uh heading into the weekend brian yeah so um if you haven't seen it um we had a piece come out yesterday a really excellent piece by one of our new writers 
uh, about UC Soros and his Vesna case, something we'll probably talk about here very soon. Uh, but go check that out. It's fantastic. I think it really it took a lot of people who were, you know, people I, I consider pretty informed watchers from saying like, yeah, Soros, you know, will be a finalist, but I don't think he's going to win to UC Soros 100% should win the Vesna. And I think that's gonna that's an argument that we need to take seriously. Now, the NHL.com writers, that poll they released and Soros didn't even receive any votes out of seven guys. <sighs> yep, small market problems. What? Yeah, that's it's not a good crazy. sign. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that was like 16 NHL.com writers. So yeah, probably all from Canada. Um, but uh, yeah, there's that. Um, I am going to, I've just come into some information. I'm going to go ahead and code start my counter that... Uh, uh i've also been alerted that evan rodriguez will be a free agent again this offseason so i'm starting oh, the counter of talking about evan rodriguez on this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. so um there's that i'm going to talk about him and i think i also saw my boy freddie as a free agent too but we can that'll be a whole episode for me to talk about freddie goudreau um just a whole love letter but yeah we've got plenty of stuff offseason reviews all kinds of things we're going to be you know getting ready because guess what we've got the next thing that happens in Bridgestone that's hockey related is going to be the draft. So here we go. There we go. Jeff, what about you? Pinstripealley.com and Flames Nation. What uh, what have you written this week that people should go check out? Uh, had a piece come out today uh, about last night's game against the San Jose Sharks um, about the, for the Flames. Um, Matthew Coronado made his NHL debut. So did Dustin Wolf. Both looked excellent. Uh, I wrote about um, Matthew Coronado with Jacob Peltier and, and uh, Nazem Kadri. They were fantastic last night. Literally, it was yeah. so fun to watch. They were incredible. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wrote about them and, and, you know, numbers, video, anything you could want, uh, wrote about it. Um, and then I'll have some Rasmus Anderson love coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, or, well, I guess by the time everyone listens to it today. Mm-hmm. Um and then Pinstripe Alley just kind of doing everything, man. The Yankees are, Yankees are, Yankees are good again. It's not surprisingly, but yeah, I mean, I had a piece come out a couple days ago on Oswaldo Cabrera. If anybody cares about that, it's, he he's so fun. And if you don't care about baseball, you should care about him because he's lovable and he's super funny. So at the very least, you can care about his personality. But yeah, uh, just you know, keeping the stuff churning out um hopefully i'll have a piece out of flame station about jonathan huberto too who struggled mightily this year but i don't think he was as bad as plenty of people will say and that's more that's like something in the more biz. like jonathan huber don't we're uh, like jonathan huber daryl sutter sucks yeah that's also true yeah that's that's what i'll say about that but yeah we'll I, get it i'll get into that later this week there you go oh yeah Brian Baston, Jeff Middleton, always a pleasure. You guys have yourself a great weekend, and I'll talk to y'all next week. See ya. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.